alive. I'll write it myself. Blog Talk Radio. Play us out. What does that even mean? Mr. Mark Radlitz, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified. And tonight, we take a trip back to the uh, the 90s, of sorts. We're going to review a new album, almost an album, kind of an album, more of an, more of an EP, uh, by a band that gained popularity in the 90s with such hits as Tommy the Cat and Jerry was a risk of driver. And my name is Mud. And and we're known as Big Brown Beaver. Beaver. <laughs> and she's stroking it all the time. <laughs> she's stroking all the time. Of course, that band, as we as we all know, is the bass-driven uh, band Primus. They have a new album out based on a children's book, The Rainbow Goblins. The album is called The Saturating Seven. And joining me tonight to review this little ditty, because they can't all be zingers, eh? Yeah. Rob- what about my jokes? <laughs> the Metal Coop, Robert Cooper, how do you do, sir? I reiterate, they can't all be zingers, unless they're my jokes, of course. Because all I do is I spit more fire than a uh, chili cook-off. Oh, good for you. And of course, well, I didn't say where it was coming out of. <laughs> and of course, our third chair, as always, he's the man with the plan. He's the uh, disapproving dad and the host of source material in his own right. Mister Jesse Starcher, to you, how you doing, sir? Oh, okay. Quick opening bit. All right. So oh, no. I love my wife. I love my wife. <laughs> All right. That's never a good thing to start a sentence with. I love my wife. I'm waiting for the bus. Uh, yeah. The- this is usually my this is usually my racket, but go on. <laughs> so, and my wife loves me. I I, I don't so doubt that. Good. I know so. that when I post I, I post things on Facebook, her little phone lights up because she's got me set as one of her most important people on there. So when I share something, you know, it pops up. Stalker dial. 
<laughs> it pops up there. All right. So this evening, as usual, about 7, 38 o'clock, the wife looks at me and she says, you got a podcast tonight. And I said, yeah, I've got a podcast tonight. It's Wednesday. She goes, she looks at me with this confused look on her face like, what the fuck does that even mean? And I said, <laughs> I, I do the Metal Hammer of Doom on Wednesdays. So she looks me dead in the face, and she fucking says, so you're a Metal Hammer of Doom guy now? I said, it's been like this for the last <laughs> fucking year. I share shit all the time on Facebook that says, hey, I'm joining them every Wednesday for the last, like, year I've been on this show. And, yeah. So that's how that got started. Of course, I get the cold shoulder from the wife because I do too many podcasts, Mark Radlich, all thanks to you. How many are you doing because of me? You have your own, and and that. And <laughs> well, do I not always? I I usually thank you at the end of every podcast that I do on uh, source material, so that still counts as your fault. <laughs> okay, and then there's this one, so that's two. Uh, you have screaming. You have screaming boy in there, and yes, that's not that's not because of you in any way, but. You do per, you do provide the platform to which I I am able to affix myself because I got the podcast shakes when I got to do one. You're the you're the supplier. You're the dealer usually. So <laughs> okay, I know over the summer, despite when I you know well no because you you I generally never canceled the show. I just I just no you would not myself. <laughs> I. <laughs> I I may have sat out, but the, the goddamn it, the show went on. Um, but I was gonna say, yeah, over the summer we we had a lot of content, and you were a part of most of it. But I would say since August, uh, I've backed off. I've pretty much left you alone. I haven't made sure. you do, I haven't made you do source material like every week. I think that's the, I think the one we did on Monday was the first one. The first one yeah, we've done been a in while. like a month. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while. So. It's not my fault. Oh, man. so I'm not I'm not allowed to blame you? Are, are you trying do you want do you not understand how marriage works? When you get accused of something by your wife, you immediately blame somebody else. That's the way it's supposed Usually to the work. Cat. Yeah, you can blame the cat, the dog, barking frogs, something like that. Um Barking frogs, that's my ass. <laughs> but yes, but regardless the the lead of the story is my wife just figured out that I do podcasts on Wednesdays tonight. What, what does she, she think, think you do? You do? Um, smoke meth in a trailer, <laughs> dude? It's I'm not like, like you dis- <laughs> you disappear at nine o'clock every Wednesday for the past year pretty consistently. What does she think you're doing around this time? Are you like? <laughs> well, she asks me every time, question. "Do you have a podcast?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I got a podcast." Not only that, but she gets notifications of when I'm sharing, hey, I'm going to be on a podcast tonight with my buddies Robert Cooper and Mark Radlich, and we're talking X, uh, YZ, on the Metal Hammer of Doom. And, you know, it's just gone. That's how much I – I get no respect. I'm, I'm turning into fucking Rodney Dangerfield over here. That's the well, way this fucking I, relationship's going. I will say this. Now, you know, if it's a full week, I podcast every, every night between Monday and Thursday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, mm-hmm. Thursday. I podcast with you on Monday. I usually do something with Robert on Tuesday. We do this Wednesdays, and then Thursdays, it's any combination of things. Usually it's something with Sean, uh, but it could yep. be something else entirely. Okay, that's the schedule. 
and then and then there's the occasional Saturday podcast, you know, where we we um, we do the alternative commentary, that sort of thing. We haven't done one of those in a while. That that one we did over the summer. That was July. Mm-hmm. Was the last mm-hmm. one I remember being part of. Um, and yet Monday through Thursday, almost every night, my wife will ask me, "Do you have a podcast?" Yeah. <laughs> <So> it's, <laughs> it's just not mine then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but she's not mad about it. That it, it, Oh, she don't give you the side eye? Or did, did she give you the side eye originally, and then finally she just got tired of your shit and was just like, what the fuck ever? Um, when, I, when I used to do it on Sundays, um, when I used to do the 411 Ground and Pound on Sundays, she would get irritated about that because it limited what we could do on the weekends. Um, okay. Now she, and then uh, now she doesn't fucking care. Um, <laughs> because what I was going to say is... <laughs> What ends up happening is she'll go, do you have a podcast tonight? I'll be like, yeah, we're doing blah, blah, yakety schmackety. And she'll go, good, I can go to bed early. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. See, happy but, accidents. You know, we, we've, we've backed off of doing pod, pod, some podcasts for the month of September going into October here. I mean, things are starting to pick up now. But uh, the September is typically... Uh, we do less shows. There's just not a lot happening. Um, and I usually need a break after the summer, especially with going to the movies every week. So that's Oof. fun. So, so I go to the we movies every down, week for fun. We, we turn down the content load. and um, I'll, But I will still, like, if she goes, do you have a podcast tonight? I'd be like, no. I was just like, oh. I'm like, well, you can still go to bed early. You don't have to stay up and entertain me. I have plenty of television to watch. <laughs> Here, here's my complaint: is she'll she'll get me started watching a show that I have no intention of watching, and then bail out on me and stop watching the show. And then because like I get stuck on these things, like like even if I don't really particularly like the show, if there's something interesting happening on the show, I got to see how it ends. Like Vice Principals on HBO sucks. Like the, I don't know, the, well, the first season was was funny. But this second season has gone so ridiculous and so over the top, I'm not really enjoying it. And I find myself fast-forwarding through a lot of it. Um, but i got to see who shot Gamby. So <laughs> I'm sticking with it. And it's only eight episodes. <laughs> and your wife bailed? Uh, that's not one she got, she got me started on. But, you oh, know, okay. it's, her, right. it, it's her fault I watched The Big Bang Theory. And she bailed out on uh. that one. Um, it's her fault I watched Modern Family. She bailed out on that. Like first season bailed out. Um, she, I uh, yeah, I mean, so do I. But that's my it. point. Like, I would have never have watched Modern Family on my own. Um, I can't really blame her for Brooklyn Nine Nine because that was Brooklyn Nine Nine is a treasure, and I need to catch up on it. Yeah, I'm I'm up to date on it now. I, I watched the second episode of the season already. I binge watched it at work when I was allowed to sit in the back and watch TV all day. Um, oh, I no longer oh, how tough it must be. Those were the days. <laughs> Those were the days. All right. And the um, funny thing is, is, I just got taught how to mix paint at my job. So any time that button halfway across the store goes off, and they say code three, which means nobody's here, come save us. <laughs> my ass gets stuck in paint for five hours. Oh, so do you get high as, let me ask you a question. Do you get high as fuck on paint fumes? Do you know? That would probably be preferable. <laughs> so I admit, I mixed some shit today that I was like, holy fuck, this stuff is strong. 
we um a girl at work annoyed another coworker for saying that for jokingly saying that if a particular rapper got arrested and came through the jail she would have she would have sex with him even if he even if he were in the jail at the time and she was being she was trying to be funny but it annoyed one of the, one of my coworkers and so he got all uppity about it and like reported her to our to our uh, Are you kidding me? Stuff. What no. a douche. Um, oh, yeah, come on. He is a fucking douche nozzle. But I said like in defense of her I was like People say shit all the time. Me and a, and a completely different girl one night went back and forth for at least 10 minutes talking about how we're going to get high as fuck and come to work. <laughs> and, and, we kept, and we kept using the phrase high as fuck. Like, and she's like way Southern. So she was like, I'm going to get high as fuck. You know, like Allison Brie, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And we just kept doing it back and forth. It was a funny bit. Um, but I'm like, you know, like the last time I got high was like high school. So, you know, I'm fucking 41 now. I'm not obviously not, not being serious, but mm-hmm. yeah, some, you can't some say that just, stuff. Somebody's going to get upset about it. You exactly. know, it's funny. Some, I sit in the break room at my work. I sit right at the, at the table that is in view of the door. So anytime I hear that door opening, I turn and if it's HR, I yell HR and then stop talking. She calls me the town crier. She's like, What are you, Paul Revere? (laughs) The HR is coming. I'm like, Yep, that is what I do. I just immediately (laughs) yell it because it's my ass that's going to get in trouble because I'm making (laughs) fucking suicide jokes. This show is is quickly getting away from its main. No way! Theme. Hey, you Doing said one almost. hour at the beginning of this show. Okay, we've decided to do fifteen minutes of our own personal bullshit, and then we're going to do forty-five <laughs> minutes, hard forty-five, and get this out. Yeah. I got a hard forty-five for you. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts! It hurts! All right, um, that's what she said. All right, listen. We got seven. Oh no! <laughs> we got seven tracks to discuss here. This album is about thirty-five minutes long. I want to get this podcast done in thirty minutes. Okay, no more fucking around. So help me God, we're gonna hear more uh, of this. You know what you you know who you brought to this da- this dance, right? If we if we go off the rails, you're gonna get a lot of this tonight. It's the fourth time I've listened to that song in the last three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I may have Uh, lost count. It depends on how many you... (laughs) Uh, Well, you know me. Yeah, horsey, horsey. Yes, sir. All right, let's get into this. We've got seven chapters here. The Valley, the Seven, the Trek... The scheme, the dream, the storm, and the end. Where do we go from here? No, wait, that's the bends. Um, sorry, Radiohead. Any, covered by Anthrax? No, nope. nope. negative. No, nope. nope. negative. Jesse, go get the bends by Anthrax. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sir. All right, Kevin. While Jesse's getting the bends. <laughs> am the I getting bends. the cover or am I getting bent? the actual... Uh, no, you're getting the one by Anthrax. Okay, yeah. got it. Um, we're going to go ahead and listen to chapter one. This is The Valley. 
Only one place in the land had never known goblin fear, the hidden valley called the Valley of the Rainbow, where the great arches of color were born. There the animals still lived in paradise. But the rainbow goblins had heard tales of this valley, and their mouths watered whenever they thought of the feast that awaited them there. And so they gathered up their lassos and their pails and set off. lived in fear of seven goblins. The goblins fed on color. They prowled the valleys and climbed the highest mountains looking for rainbows. And when they found one, they caught it in their lassos and sucked the colors out of it, filling their bellies with its bright liquid. Only one place in the land had never known goblin fear. A hidden valley called the Valley of the Rainbow, where great arches of color were born. There, the animals lived in paradise. That went a little long, but, you know, I actually wanted to hear music uh, other than the uh, narration. I don't have a whole lot to comment on there. It's, you know, they're they're adapting a children's book, and so they start off with narration, giving an idea of what the book is about, what the album is about, and then it's, you know, it's... it's, I want to quote... See if I can remember the quote. Somebody reviewed, um, and it's and I and I read it on Wikipedia actually. Their Primus's EP, Miscellaneous Debris. Just give me a quick yes/no. Have you guys ever heard uh, Primus's Miscellaneous nope. Debris EP? No, not me. Jesse? No. Okay. Uh-uh. Uh, highly recommend it. It's an EP of covers. Um, it's got Have a Cigar by Pink Floyd, uh, Making Plans for Nigel, uh, and a couple of other ones, and the. The review of that was 
This is Primus's best uh, effort to date, as these are fully formed songs uh, showing their like true musicianship, as opposed to their pre- as opposed to their previous albums, which seems like sketches of songs as an excuse to noodle. <laughs> and-, <laughs> and they're all covers. <laughs> And I want you to keep that in mind as we continue to listen listen to the desaturating seven. Uh, and, Jesse, what did you, what did you think of what yeah. what this was? Okay, well, just a heads up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I, you clearly heard a narrator there at the beginning. We're actually going to get that for all seven chapters. Okay, now that's not what. Uh, a full representation of what happens in the album. We're actually getting read to a little bit from this book, The Rainbow Goblins, by none other than Christopher P. Bacon himself. So that's who we hear a little bit at the beginning, and it kind of takes us along. But as for this this first song, it's yeah, it's an introduction into the first chapter of... We're following a book here, and I assume what less and the rest of the band are doing here, are doing their best to interpret and set up an atmosphere. I mean, we're, these are goblins we're talking about, which, by the way, the Rainbow Goblins, the book itself came out in 1978. Uh, and I watched a YouTube representation of the book itself. Uh, and, you know, somebody just reading the book, showing the pictures, whatever. Uh, so, you know, it's an interesting concept to see a band attempt put music to a literary work. I don't think it's uncommon. It's just interesting to see them do an attempt at it. So what we're going to get here is uh, with Primus, it's all about atmosphere. It feels like throughout this album, you'll, you'll feel that as we go through and you'll also see that, you know, they, they got to try and tell the story as we go along. And, and of course the Valley talks about this Valley of the rainbows and how uh, these these goblins are that might be the next song, but these goblins are getting ready to make an attempt to throw in, to, to try and take the colors from these rainbows. So uh, as for setting up the story, I mean, you can't, it's not horrible to listen to. How's that? I, I've listened to this album quite a few times. I'm not going to give you guys the rundown of how many times I listen to it. Like I do every podcast, but I listened to this quite a bit and it grew on me a little bit. So I'm okay with track one you know, Coop, I'm done talking about track one. Where's Orange Goblin, huh? <laughs> he's in here. <laughs> he's he's not the main. I don't think he's kind of more like a side character, though. <laughs> or they're fighting with their mystical knives. <laughs> yeah, the mythical knives. That's right. I mythical that knives. There we go. The mythical knives. That was a good album, uh. by the way. I like that album. I love, fucking love Orange Goblin. I just, as soon as I was like, I got goblins. Hey, I haven't mentioned Orange Goblin in a while. Let's wake up the neighborhood. Why the fuck not? Yeah, I mean, this, uh, the narration is very interesting. I read that it was Les Claypool found his inspiration from uh, reading these stories to his kids. Uh, And it very much feels like that. Yeah, it very much feels like uh, uh, somebody reading a story to me, which is uh, both soothing and uh, occasionally sleeping. Sleeping? Sleeping, no? <laughs> it just and makes somebody sleepy. I can see that. 
Yeah, but I mean, it was, a, on, it was a pretty groovy song. Like, this whole album's pretty much just like, yeah, man. It is. <laughs> Talking about getting high as fuck. <laughs> um, sorry, I got distracted by something. It looks like uh, Star Wars tickets go on sale Monday. Uh, oh, uh, this damn. Important. This podcast never. Put, put, put the <laughs> reminder in your phone. Is that what you're doing right now? Are you putting a reminder in your phone? I, I was actually just texting my friend about it on um, Google Hangout. I was like, because he's a, I mean, part of it is he's coming into town specifically to go see that with me. So I was like, oh, it's important that he knows this. All right, back to uh, back to the podcast here. Um, I'm going to wait a minute before I uh, play the bends. We're going to get to probably the most accessible song on here. Uh, this is chapter two. This is the this is the single that they released when they announced the album was coming out. This is the seven. Once there was a land that lived in fear of seven goblins. They were called the Rainbow Goblins, and each had his own color, which was also his name: red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. Yellow, being the craftiest, was their chief. The goblins lived on color. They prowled the valleys and climbed the highest mountains looking for rainbows. And when they found one, they caught it in their lassos, sucked the colors out of it, and filled their bellies with its bright liquid. Writing seven. Uh, like I said, that was probably the most accessible, the most you know, if you could use the term mainstream um, song on this. I really like it. Uh, I enjoyed it when it was when it was released as a single. It's it's really catchy. I find myself like you know just hum, kind of mumbling, singing it to, while I'm walking around. Um, you don't loudly. Sing it in a 1940s voice like uh, Les Claypool does. I'm around my house. I do. I like chase my <laughs> kids around, yelling it at them. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. <laughs> and my children just think, "What? <laughs> That's the colors well, of the rainbow." I mean, yeah. it can't be any worse than that time. It was like face down, ass up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I would say the song is also very uniquely Primus. You know, um, like you know, Primus definitely has a a certain sound to them, um, and it's definitely captured in that song. I think. What do you got? What do you think, Robert? You know, uh, it was weird and enjoyable. I'm not quite sure how I would. Uh, if it's a song, I don't know, I feel like this whole album is just kind of like, a, it's a really good background noise for me. I feel like in terms of a song, I agree with you all that this one's the one that really felt like a song instead of being like, hey guys, story time, <laughs> bass song, here's the bass. I got fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. Primus, Primus feels like fish without the fucking hippiness. You know what I mean? Like... They they just they, they just put together these uh, musical compositions where it's just them fucking jamming, but you know instead of being like fish, uh, it's more of like, um, you know it, it's funk and, and experimental and interesting and I mean maybe it's not everybody's bag, but I feel like you know that's why I I, I shared that review. You know, sketches of sketches of songs that are an excuse for noodling. You know, it, that that that's a lot of primus for you. It's just mm-hmm. you know, we weird crap that they do. Uh, that that is definitely off the beaten path. Yeah. Uh, whenever I have the opportunity and in some time, I will have to tell you guys the story of a guy I went to college with who dropped out of college to become a fish roadie. And oh, God. I, I, <laughs> I ran what, into him. What a, dis- what a disappointment <laughs> to his parents. Um, <laughs> oh, I got a great story one of these days. But Oh, uh, God, it's going to be even more of a disappointment to his parents. <laughs> it is. It doesn't get much better from there. Not the, sec- not the, uh, the next time and the last time I saw him. Ooh, what things. is he sucking dick for change in a Greyhound no, bus station? I mean, bad. how much worse does it get? It ain't that bad. Well, okay, all right. So we know what fish is known for. I mean, if you if you're a fan of fish, usually you're a fan of the marijuana as well. So I assume as and, if you're a roadie for fish and shitty music. <laughs> if you're a roadie for fish, then you know you're probably going to have a little bit more access to that fun stuff that uh, you know the rest of the fans partake of. But anyway, so. Guy drops out of college. Don't see him for like the longest time. Okay, then probably like a year or two later, he decides to drop by and visit all of our friends there uh, in our last year of college, just for like a night. And it just so happened to be a night that I was actually staying up there hanging out with my friends. This is shortly after I got married. But anyway, dude's clearly a burnout, right? Completely burnout. Now, if you're a college kid. I just want to preface this with I want to give you a good idea of what this house was like, okay? Keeping things clean were probably one of the last things that you were worried about as, you know, four guys in college in their senior year. So, anyway, this guy shows up, stays the night, and apparently at some point, about 3 o'clock in the morning, he gets the munchies. All right? So, he's extremely hungry. Walks into the kitchen and proceeds to reheat and eat the hamburger helper that was on the stove. <laughs> what he didn't realize was that that had been sitting there for two days. Oh, no. <laughs> Dude straight up ate it 
was perfectly fine the next morning, left, went back to his uh, fish duties, I guess. But yes, the the one story went back to the fish tank. The one story we remember of Big Josh returning to Ohio University was the one night that he stayed and ate the two day old hamburger helper. <laughs> Okay. Yikes. This is track uh, chapter three. This is the track. But the rainbow goblins had heard tales of this valley, and their mouths watered whenever they thought of the feast that awaited them there. And so they gathered up their lassos and their pails and set off. With great effort, the goblins made their way over the jagged piles of rock that guarded the entrance. When the climbing became difficult, Yellow roared, Don't lose heart, comrades! Think of the delicious colors ahead!
that's my favorite part of that song. That the chorus when they're going over that hill, over that 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 really <laughs> strong bass. Um, oh yeah, I really like this song a lot, but it, it you know it does it it's definitely not marketable or mainstream or anything. I mean, fucking thing is like eight minutes long. So, oh yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, it takes but I, it takes forever for them to get to the meat of the song. It feels like on a lot of these, and I don't know if it's just because production wise they want to set up an atmosphere and then get to it. But, you know, it's, it's tough to kind of sit here and play the songs knowing that, well, you know, at, at some point the song's going to change. Are we actually going to get there? <laughs> you know, because it takes so long for them to get there. And I'm trying, man. I'm trying to give them their due so we hear the good parts of the song. But, uh, yeah, I really enjoy uh, the track, you know, for, for, for a really long, you know, twice as long as the average. You know, it's fun. It's, I love that. The, the best part of it is that pounding bass, you know, and the uh, the refrain, you know, the, uh, the over the hill. That's good stuff. <laughs> Robert? Robert? Zero out of ten, lacking, lacking stars. Stars in this track. Oh, come yeah. on. Yeah. Wah, <laughs> <laughs> God, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that tickles me pink. Uh, uh, well, Anywho, yeah, I mean, this, this song's groovy. It's pretty fucking groovy. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, I'm getting, I don't want to say samesy on it, but it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's what's on the tin. It's, it's very much a really, a very indulgent Primus album. Mm. Just kind of focused on, I mean, what they want to make. Which I mean, hey, that's fine. It's their fucking band. Uh, like Les Claypool is amazing as a bassist, and obviously has lots of fun with his job. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's very much like kind of your avant-garde in a way, I guess, in sort of presentation, uh, mixed with like a progressive rock, or almost yeah, I'd say like a progressive rock feel. All right, let's go well, ahead and listen to Jesse. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, I was just going to say my favorite track is the Trek. Believe it or not. Okay, <laughs> so that's mine. All right, here we go. Uh, we're back to a shorter one here. This is Chapter Four. This is the Scheme. The goblins could hardly contain their excitement. Soon, all the colors of the rainbow will be ours. Yellow gloated. We'll snatch it as it rises. Said Green. When the colors are still fresh and creamy. The blue goblin cackled. Look at the roots dangling from the walls. They're straining to hear our plans. A lot of good it will do them. Or their friend, the rainbow.
one's fun. Not much to it. Um, pretty short. Go ahead. I, I was just singing along the beat of the beep. It's some good stuff. I love how, you know, as he's adding to the story here. This is, you know, he's not like reading straight from the book and putting it in the lyrics or anything, but he's he's adding what's going on in the story, and and I think that's pretty cool. I mean, these goblins have made their trek to where they're at, and right now they uh, they they've rested for the night and by the campfire, and they're. They're coming together how they're going to get this rainbow and and, and, take, and drink all of its lovely creamy juice. Uh, so it, it, it's not spelled <laughs> out that that great in the book. I mean, they, they, they give you the idea, but, you know, they're taking it to a whole other level, which is really cool. I, I dig that. You know, it is really fucking catchy. It like, is. Uh, like, who knew a quest for Skittles was really all this epic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. All right, these next two are pretty uh, they, long. They want to taste the rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're seven and eight minutes apiece. So here we go with chapter five. This is The Dream. Finally, exhausted by their scheming, the goblins fell asleep. Outside, the moon shone on the mirror-like surface of the water, and its magical light was reflected into the cave. Then, all seven goblins had a wonderful dream, the same wonderful dream about the paradise of Rainbowland, where all you had to do was lie on your back and open your mouth, and the most succulent colors dripped down your throat. Gay.
Without drugs, nope. <laughs> oh man, you know what's funny? This legitimately happened earlier today. I, I didn't like, you know, have the track names committed to memory, and I think I was on like second listen through or whatever. And you know, we how much? How much did you just play? Like two minutes of that three song? Minutes. No, three. that was three minutes. The longest three wow. minutes of my life, but yes. Jeez. Well, I mean, all we heard there was just that backward-sounding whatever the hell. He's taking a violin uh, or a string to his bass. I have no idea what the hell is making that sound. But he he he, t- he tends to play the bass when you hear that. You know, it sounds like an yeah. elephant taking a fart. That that's yeah. usually him taking a bow across his bass. That's right. That's right. Um, anyway, I. I heard that, and I was like, again, the atmosphere that I've mentioned the past few tracks, I was like, man, this is some trippy shit. I wonder if he's, like, trying to get across, like, some type of uh, some type of dream or something here. And then I look at the fucking track, and uh, clearly the track is called Dream. So in that aspect, the motherfucker succeeded. <laughs> it just Wildly takes a long successful. time to get to the song. Yeah, it's – I didn't dig it. Um it was a little too, it was a little too uh, acid for me, a little too LSD. Um, Robert, what'd you think? Yeah, I think that bass line in the last song, that was fucking catchy. I, because I, I think <laughs> clearly, uh, yeah, because this song here, I was like. I could write some papers of this shit. <laughs> All right. I mean, this is kind of sort of what I write papers to, like kind of that trippy, ambient sort of like rock and metal. Like I used to do that with Earth. I'd throw some Earth on and just fucking hammer a paper out. Good times. All right. All right. This is track six, chapter six. This is The Storm. <laughs> The dream went on and on. The greedy goblins drank and drank, and at dawn, just as their bellies were about to burst, they were awakened by a distant clap of thunder. The goblins sprang to their feet and rushed to the mouth of the cave. A storm! A storm! Red shouted. Look at how the wind is driving it towards us! Orange cried. And all the goblins danced and pranced about in glee. For they knew that after the wildest morning thunderstorm comes the most beautiful rainbow.
got better as it went on. Um, it's pretty interesting. Jesse, what did you think of it? Uh, I, I liked it. Now, we're getting to the climax of this story, so they pick up the pace a little bit in the way the song's delivered. Um, just to let y'all know how this story ends, uh, <laughs> so the goblins go after the rainbow, right? And if you heard in the, I think it's either previous song, before they fell asleep, before the goblins fell asleep, there were vines that were trying to listen in on their, on their plans. Well, they got the word out to the rainbow, okay? So the, the goblins jump at the rainbow, and they're, they're going to take this rainbow down, and just as they go for it, the rainbow, a, a, sun, a cloud comes over the sun, and the rainbow disappears. And now you'd think that'd be the, the end <clears throat> for this children's story. However, it is not, because... The plants knew about this plan all along and decided that they would pour all their colors all over the goblins as they lay there with their lassos strewn about them and tie it. You know, they, they fell into their lassos, right? So all these colors start pouring out of the plants, and they kill the goblins by drowning them in color. And no one wept. As they say at the last, song, last line of this song, no one in the valley wept for them. Okay. It's a rather grim ending. It's actually something like a grim <laughs> fairy tale. Damn Europeans <laughs> with their unhappy, uh, you know, murderous endings um, to their fairy tales. <laughs> Robert, what do you think? Well, it's groovy as fuck. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. Yeah, Anything else, sir? Like, I just, I just kind of like 
where this album is sitting for me in a way. It's uh, like I remember I made the robot chicken joke uh, before the podcast, but like this song reminded me of like just the noodly part from Robot Chicken, where you know, uh, yeah. chickens <laughs> getting put in the chair and then they put the uh, make them watch the clips. <laughs> yeah, I guess pretty right. much what it's reminded me of at this moment. Before we run out of live time, I'm going to go ahead and play the last track here. Uh, this is the end, question mark. The rainbow itself was reborn more magnificently than ever. Out of gratitude, it lifted up the flowers that had saved it and transformed them into glittering dragonflies and butterflies and splendidly plumed birds. Look at all the birds. <laughs> but since that time, the rainbow has become more cautious. Now when it arches across the sky, it is careful not to touch the earth anywhere. No matter how you try to sneak up on it, you can never come to the place where it begins or ends. You know, as far as musical projects go, this is interesting. It's probably the most different thing we've heard all year. And we've heard some real doozies. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, very, it's non-traditional. It's definitely out there. Um, there's some fun to be had with this. It's not exactly a rollicking good time. But, I mean, um, you know, it, it's... There's a little bit of early Primus in there, but it's definitely more... Somebody was asking me what Primus was. They never heard of the band, and I said, experimental funk rock. And it's definitely more on the experimental than it did the funk. Though mm-hmm. there was a little bit of funk in there. So I'm going to go ahead and give it a solid B. Um, it, it's not, I didn't love it, but it's not a bad album by any stretch of the imagination. Jesse? Well, I'll tell you that I really had some reservations on this one when I first heard it. I remember the first track going, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a slog to get through. This is going to be meandering. I'm not really going to enjoy this. Plus, this is something that, you know, I've, I'm, I know a few Primus songs. I, I had the opportunity a couple years back to go watch them in concert and had a blast. But... This was going to be representative of something new, I thought. It felt like it was going to be a, a newer venture. So I didn't know what to think. You know, you hear, you hear the first track and how slow it gets going, plus that, that squeaky wheel, which took us out on that last track, 
and the beginning of the the beginning it hits us in the beginning too. I don't know if it's it's obviously there to set up some type of ambient sound or whatever. Put you in the mood of some kind of like folk. You're out in the field and you hear the windmill grinding. I have no idea. But regardless, I then grew to like this a lot. I really do. I think every single song on this album is definitely listenable. It's not unlistenable, Uncle Uncle Al. Um, every song on this is listenable. I would highly advise you to go check out the YouTube renditions of these on Vivo uh, because, as we've heard, Christopher P. Bacon, which I believe is Les Claypool with just a pig mask over his face, reads those to us. And then as the song plays, you are treated to what's actually going on in the book. And there is some crazy, it's not animation, but the way that they just show the pictures and panels that happen in the book, pages in the book, but they, they do some neat ways of animating stuff to make it go along with the music. 100% would advise anybody who likes Primus, the, uh, specifically, like Mark said, the experimental part of things, Give this a shot. I don't think you're going to be disappointed. They they did a great job. I'll, I'll easily give this a thumbs up. All right, Robert, take us home, baby. Wait, the baking guy is less Claypool. Well, butter my ass and call me a biscuit. <laughs> so uh, that last song kind of reminded me of, like, like the back door of the of a backwoods cabin, you know, you're like your hobo uncle sitting there playing the fucking banjo while the screen door keeps keeps flapping open. Yeah, it's like a fucking it keeps fucking sliding open. Uh, but yeah, this album is. Uh, I feel like it really needs multiple lessons for it to really be impactful. Um, if anything, I think this is a great album to listen to. If you just need something, uh, maybe even soothing in a way, I feel like this has a very tranquil feeling to it. At least I, it's, it's, it's very chill for me. Um, like, next time I want to write something, I feel like this would probably be somewhere in that playlist of music that's uh, almost like ambient, uh, not quite like a drone metal, but more of like your uh, avant-garde <laughs> progressive rock. Yeah, drone metal. They fly metal. over and they fly over. <laughs> and then I sent you drone metal and you're like, good God. <laughs> That is, if you want to scare the shit out of somebody, throw on some Sun O, uh, like real quiet on the background, just kind of gets them all tense. Uh, but yeah, uh, for the great on the sound, I might give it like like a two and a half, two and a half stars, like a five out of ten. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna say it really, it didn't really blow me away. I could see myself revisiting it, and perhaps that score is gonna go up the more I revisit it. But just kind of sitting where it is, this very much felt like, you know, let's play play cool. Claypool. And, uh, Wait a second. He did that on no, purpose. No, I really didn't. I just mixed him in the brain. Like, I really feel like they're having a lot of fun with this. So, uh, I mean, hey, it's definitely worth a look, especially if you're a fan of Primus. Totally could dig it. Yep, I'll be uh, seeing Primus 
uh, in uh, November, December, whenever they're uh, on tour here in Florida. I'll be going with my wife against her will. So uh, I think we'll have fun with that. You know, I've always enjoyed Primus. Their first couple of albums are just the best. (laughs) Uh, I I still have fond memories of listening to Pork Soda, you know, especially uh, My Name is Mud. My Name is Mud. So... With uh, with that said, next week right here on your shoe, we're gonna review the new Cradle of Filth. Uh, the following week is the new Marilyn Manson, then the new Stray from the Past, and then our Halloween show is Motorhead Undercover. That's what we got going on in the Metal Hammer of Doom. Uh, if you're looking for stuff here on the network, yesterday we did an on trial for Ballistic X versus Sever, in which Sean yelled at me a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, fun that, time with that. Jesus. Uh, I listen to the podcast. Um, tomorrow night is a TV party for Hannibal season one, where I'm pretty much just gonna let Robert Winfrey just gush for an hour. Um, next he's week, excited for that. He really is. Next week we've got uh, Josh Calandro returns to this to the Source Material podcast, where, where he judges. As we pitch our DC meets Hanna Barbera stories, uh, Damn You Hollywood returns with a review of Blade Runner 2049, the aforementioned uh, review of the new Cradle of Filth album, and then On Trial is back for a second week in a row to review the theatrical cut, the theatrical cut of Blade Runner. So that's what we got going on. Uh, Jesse, go ahead and do your plugs. All right, ladies and gentlemen, go give that Rattlich in Broadcasting Network Facebook page a like to stay up on top of some of the great podcasts that we have here. If you go to blogtalkradio.com and type in Rattlich, you can subscribe to our network and you will see the just insane amount of shows that we have. A lot of content coming your way. We've got metal like you just heard, comic books, MMA. We also talk about wrestling our good friends over there at w2mnet.com give us a lot of wrestling content video games there's a video game podcast on here ladies and gentlemen a couple of them as a matter of fact our good buddy Stuart lang contributes to one called the press start podcast and if you like video games even more you can check out video games to the max from wtmnet.com so all right, uh, other than that, you can follow me at Stiznarki on Twitter if you do so wish. And uh, our Source Material podcast has a source, the at Source Matt Cast on Twitter as well. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much, guys, for having me on here. Robert Cooper, take it over. Well, damn, you plugged all of Sean's shit. Now I can't be like, wait. <laughs> I took him from you. Wait. Hey, pretty much. Even named named the video game podcast. Where I'm like, oh yeah, I used to do that a long, long time ago. And again, see if I'm away. Uh, yeah, uh, there's this podcast. Yep. Indeed. I'm going to be working next Wednesday, so. Uh, oh, you're going to miss Cradle yep. of Filth. How, how do you feel about oh, that? Oh boy. I I don't look for, look forward to that fact. Like. It's kind of a bummer, though. I do remember once daylight savings time hits, I think our hours flip to where we close at 9, as it was, every day but the weekend. So I think I'll be able to make more shows. So here's the, here's the hope. Okay. 
yeah, and I still love for Cradle of Filth that Jesse's like, oh wow, this sounds like this song. I'm like, Jesse, that's a cover. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That'll happen. Yeah, did you listen to the original, by the way? No, I have not yet. Not yet. Oh, so I love Annihilator. Like, at least there's like this first two albums, and then there's like little sprinkles of really good music, like for like one album or one song off an album, and then there's some shit. Just kind of depends <laughs> on uh, where old Jeff Waters is sitting. But yeah, uh, yeah, this podcast, a uh, Centaur Rider podcast, a podcast that I've still not done anything with for like three years now. That's okay. It's still on the internet. Uh, Center Rider Podcast at S-E-N-T-I-R-D-R Podcast. That's Tokusatsu, Japanese Power Rangers, which I've been watching the Kamen Rider, so I'm up to date. I'm on ep- episode five. Right. Just happened. Sweet. All right. Yeah. All right. And, like I said, that's it. Go. Cradle of Filth next week, everybody. In the meantime, we're going to change up the, the uh, outro music. I asked Jesse to grab it at the top of the podcast, so here we go. Uh, Be well, be safe, and behave, everyone. This is Anthrax the Benz.